Welcome to the Alpha Girl Confidence Podcast, where we are empowering youth female athletes to play and live confidently. My name is Shay Hatto, and each week I will bring you new episodes to teach you the strategies and tools that you need in order to live a confident, empowered life both on and off the playing field. Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to the Alpha Girl Confidence Podcast. I'm so excited to share today's conversation with you where I sat down with Asia Mape, who is the founder of I Love to Watch You Play. Uh, It's an amazing website resource for parents, for athletes, for coaches. So make sure you check out the links in the show notes below. Um, But this was such an amazing conversation uh, where we talked about parental pressure, how to toe the line between supporting your kids versus putting too much pressure on them. We talked about her experience with navigating her her daughter quitting sports, uh, what she learned along the way, how to look for signs of burnout and kind of what to do when you notice that your child is feeling burnt out or maybe wants to quit. Um, We talked about a lot of things around mental health, um, even including like how to set boundaries uh, with your kid around phone usage and how to help your kids kind of navigate their own uh, choices and the consequence to those choices. So we dove into a lot of amazing stuff. Uh, I know you're going to find this episode valuable. And just a little bit about Asia. Uh, She is an incredible human doing such amazing work. She is also a four-time Emmy award-winning journalist and sports television producer uh, for Fox Sports, ESPN, TNT, NFL Network, NBC Sports, you name it. And she's also covered the most high-profile sporting events in the world, including the Olympics, the Super Bowl, the NBA playoffs. Um, And she's also, most importantly, a mother of three daughters who are playing sports or have played sports and a former Division I basketball player. So I am so excited for you to listen to the episode. Um, If you find it valuable for you, I would love if you would share it with someone else. This episode is really, really important. I know that it's going to um, really help a lot of people. And if you're listening to this episode and and you've been listening to this podcast, um, you're someone that, that gets it, right? You're someone that understands the value and the importance of these conversations. So I encourage you to share this episode with other parents, maybe parents that aren't aware of this and and that uh, these kind of conversations aren't necessarily on the top of their mind. Um, Because I know in order for us to change youth sports, to improve the environment um, for our daughters, for our kids, it starts with us having these conversations and sharing these conversations. So again, please enjoy the episode and make sure you check out the links below to learn more. And I'm excited to see you inside the episode. Enjoy. What's up, Asia? Welcome to the Alpha Girl Confidence Podcast. Uh, I'm really looking forward to to having you on. The stuff, the the work that you do is so incredible, uh, so needed, so excited to finally have this conversation. Thanks, Shay. So am I. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So I'd love to hear just uh, you and I just officially connected. So I really, other than viewing your website and hearing from other people, I don't really know a whole lot like about your journey that led you to um, you know, I love to watch you play, so I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, your journey as, you know, an athlete, uh, as a parent, and kind of what led you to doing the work that you do now. Yeah, you know, I think I should probably start way back where, like, in every home video, you can kind of see or at least hear a ball bouncing, and every, yep. occasionally you'll see me dribble through the shot. Um, I love sports. You know, I had two older brothers who played sports, and So they were kind of my idols and I always wanted to keep up with them. Um, And I got a lot of positive feedback from sports. You know, I was pretty good at it when from a young age, I played everything. And then, you know, I think it kind of became also a good distraction, you know, um, not to get right into serious stuff, but you know, my mom was a single mom and Mm -hmm. um, times were tough when we were younger. And I think I used sports kind of as a way to kind of get away and, do my own thing, I'd go out and shoot baskets at the garage, you know, in or the outside of the garage for hours at a time. And so it kind of served a lot of purposes for me as a young person. Um, and then growing up, you know, it was, I was always playing sports. I ended up mm-hmm. focusing on basketball. That became um, my favorite one. And I think I was, I was the best at basketball. Um, and, you know, had a great experience with sports. I, we played in um, a state championship and won it in my hometown of Annandale, Virginia. Um, 
And again, I think I drew a lot of positive things from it. And, you know, as sports have kind of touched my entire life, I um, went into, um, I played basketball in college for a short time and um, went into sports journalism. All my bridesmaids were in my, were from my <laughs> basketball team. You know, it's sort of been yeah. like an, an ongoing theme of a real positive thing in my life. And so, you know, eventually I was working in sports television for many, many years and I was doing, you know, Super Bowls and Olympics and all kinds of really interesting, exciting things and knew a lot of, um, you know, experts in the field and athletes and coaches. And a friend approached me. I had my own girls at this time. I have three daughters. And she was like, we should do something around youth sports. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of crazy. And I was like, it is crazy. And I was like, wow, I was kind of blown away um, by the amount of time, the amount of money. Um, but I'll tell you, Shay, I was really caught up into it as well. And, you know, it's hard when you have your these little babies and they're finally doing something. You can kind of see how they are against the world and you get really wrapped up in it. And the, yeah. the website originally started more of like, okay, let's use all these experts in the fields and these coaches and we can share all this knowledge. Yeah. And, you know, of course we always wanted to help parents was always sort of the, the backbone of the site, but it's really morphed and grown. Um, I think we've been doing it, or I've been doing it eight years. My partner, she's no longer involved in the site, but she was certainly huge in getting it set up. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's really become something completely different, which is helping parents like me, a lot of them who are competitive, who love sports, you know, do mm -hmm. the things that will keep their kids healthy and happy and loving and enjoying the sports instead yeah. of having, you know, all the negative stuff that mm -hmm. comes with um, the climate of today's world. Right. And I think it's like so powerful coming from you. Like, right. Like for me, I can only speak to parents from an athlete perspective because I'm not a parent. Mm -hmm. um, I can speak on my own experience. But for you, it's like you've been there as a high level athlete and as a parent with three daughters who are going through everything, right? So I think it's so valuable, you know, that you have just this different perspective and which is why I was so excited to have you on. Um, and, and for you, like, as a, as a parent, I, I guess a personal question, but what's been the hardest thing for you in navigating the youth sports world that it is today? I think it's kind of where I really hit on a lot of my topics on the site yeah. because it's what is really meaningful to me. I think parents in general, Shay, we want the best for our kids. Um, and I think we all, there's no parent out there for yeah. the most part that's not going to have the kid at the center of what they're doing. I think we just mm -hmm. get lost. We, we can't find our way. And I think for me, mm -hmm. I mean talk about the difference of my, how I handled my oldest daughter and her sports to my youngest. It's like right. night and day. And I think it's really yeah. getting caught up in all of it. The, the return on investment, the energy you put in, the money, the time, and keeping that balance and keeping perspective about what youth sports should be all about. And mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's an easy thing to do for most of us. Right. Uh, yeah, I was actually, I was reading one of your blogs and you brought up, you know, that one of your, uh, your oldest daughter, I believe quit. Mm -hmm. Um, and is her name Piper? Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Good memory. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, glad I got her name right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was reading that and something that comes up a lot is you were talking about, you know, that you had spent so much time, so much money, you know, in helping her to excel in her sport. And I hear this from athletes and parents as well, where it's like maybe they're thinking about quitting or whatever that may be. But then it's like, oh, but we've put so much time and we've put so much energy and we've put so much money into this that I don't want it to be a waste. Like, I don't want it to go to waste. Like, what are your thoughts on, like, do you think it's actually going to waste? Like, I just, I'd love to kind of have a discussion and hear your thoughts on like that specific thing. Well, I think that's a poor word choice, right? It's yeah. never going to waste. I mean, even now my daughter, um, we laugh like 
most people that meet her now would never even know that she was an incredible athlete. She has nothing to do with sports. But yeah. I see the value even in her art, even in every story she tells. She's in college right now at art school and she's doing the extra work and she's running around. She has that grit. She has that yeah. like, you know, ability to push herself that is hard to get anywhere else besides sports or something similar to sports. And so I don't love that word waste. I think what happens to a lot of us parents is we get caught up on this ride of like, okay, my daughter, for example, would say she wanted to play in the Olympics. She wanted to play in college. And so you like go all out. You're like, yeah, yeah. parents, as I said, the, we want to do whatever it is they want, really. I don't even right. think it's like that it has to be just sports. It, it, if she was like saying this about art back then, I mean, we were mm -hmm. a sporty family, don't get me wrong, and I write and right. talk about this a lot. I think sports were like a natural sort of, I think they all felt like that is what our family does. Mm -hmm. But I think parents in general, we just want to see them succeed. We want to help them reach and achieve their dreams. But when it gets too much about that end result, the dream or whatever, we really kind of lose our way. And I think that return on investment is like, even not just for ourselves, but for them. You've put all this time into it. And where are we gonna go? And I do think, as you pointed out, one of the most important things to remember is it's not wasted. And everybody stops playing sports at, time, at right. some point. The majority of us before college. And so mm -hmm. quitting, as I even wrote in that title, is not really a great word. You you stop doing something and you find something else. Like, that's right. part of life, right? Right. Yeah, I guess it's interesting. Like, pro athletes, when they quit, we call it retiring. Right. <laughs> right? But if a youth athlete quits, we call it quitting. Quit. And yeah, that's like not a great word for it. It's like they're just moving on to things that yes. they love more. It's like, and so, yeah, I think it's it's so important to look at, you said the return on investment isn't about like, oh, did they get a college scholarship? It's, it's did they learn? What did they what challenges did they face that now they're able to take that in other areas of their life? And I know it's like not seeing the the financial return on investment like may be difficult, but like that's the smallest part of it and what a parent really wants for their kid. And I think it's important for any athletes listening too to know because I just had a a girl say like I'm you know I feel like I'm working so hard and it's just all going to waste. Right. And it's like, no, it's not going to waste. Like mm -hmm. you're learning so much. You're becoming such a better athlete in person. It's like, just, just keep working. And if it's not, if sports isn't for you, like then it's, you're going to be able to take the things you learn and something else, you know, in your life. And so I think I just wanted to ask that question because I think it's important, especially now in sports when there is so much invested into it and it can just completely, uh, you know, take over a family's, um, whole life like sports can. It you does. know, it, it's like it, can it becomes it the identity. Yeah. And I think that's such a dangerous path to go down that a lot of us go down, you know, and, and there's some guardrails that you have to put in and there's questions that you should be asking yourselves. And, you know, one yeah. of those is the money question, right? Is, yeah. are these choices, this club team, this dream, this goal, like aligned with our family values and with what our family has going on right now. And if you can't answer yes, I have these three questions to all of them or yeah, I mean, it's probably not a good choice, but I think we really get caught up in it. And then there's that resentment and that anger because you really couldn't afford it. You really shouldn't mm -hmm. have done that. You really kind of knew that that wasn't aligned. And so, you know, I think that's where a lot of those those frustration feelings come from parents as well. Yeah, that you brought up resentment. I could totally see a parent being like, you know, I spent all my weekends, you know, at your at your sports and a lot of parents do. And I I don't know if I necessarily felt that resentment from my parents, but I could see that that could be an easy path to go down. And it, it really is. And it's not even, I think a lot of times it gets misplaced, right? Like it's resentment. You're mad at the coach. Well, if the coach would have played you more, you could be on that other team. You could be in a college, having a college scholarship. And it's, it's like creating this sort of narrative and, and path for your athlete 
from an early spot that really puts all that pressure on them, puts all that pressure on the family, makes us crazy, you know, and, and scream and act out of control. And it's really, you know, something that I think parents need to talk to each other more about. And I write about mm. this a lot where, yeah. you know, the more we're talking to each other, the better it can be for our athletes, for our team. Because if I say we shouldn't all go to that camp, that's crazy to pay $500 for that. Five people on your team, 10 people probably agree, but no one wants to right. say anything. We don't want to be the That's only so ones to not go. We don't want to be the, the our kid to miss out. And so we're just all sort of like not in it together. We're all looking at each other as competition. We're all like really not aligned with what's best for our kids. We're more aligned with, oh my God, if they don't do this and everyone does, then they'll be penalized and they won't make that travel team and they won't get on the next whatever, you know, and it's really just created a, such a volatile situation. Yeah, that's so true. Like the competition piece amongst parents, right? I think it was your blog that I read where it was like, we don't want to share our daughters or sons like trainers because it's like, it's a competition yeah. and we don't want to share Crazy. resources. Like that's such an interesting thing. Like where, where do you think that comes from? Is it a, a parental ego, a keeping up with the Joneses type thing, status? I think it's all the same, same thing that we're talking about. It's like you start to view, especially on club teams, that you're competing not against other teams you're, because that's the way it's designed now. You're competing against your own teammates to yeah. make that team, to then get playing time, to then mm -hmm. get recruited. It's all about this, you know, path, the, the, the end is justifying the means and it's really um, so unhealthy. And, and I don't know what the solve is for right. the big picture. Like I love the organizations out there like Aspen Institute and um, changing the game project and all these different yeah. that really talk a lot about, you know, the system is broken, right? Right. For sure. But, my my focus and my goal is to help parents work within the system that is right now because I don't know when it's all going to get straightened out. And in the meantime, our kids' bodies are breaking down and their their mental health is is a mess. So like we're, there there has to be you know something done today, not tomorrow, not when they mm -hmm. fix the structure, not when whatever. Like, right. how are you going to help your child right this minute? Right. So not waiting on the system to change, but looking, you know, at your own family and saying, how 100%. can we make, like, I'm thinking from a parent's perspective, listening, right? Like they've got a son or a daughter that is um, playing for a high level club. Uh, their kid wants to go play in college. The club team plays all year round. They do showcases. They do all these things. The parent wants to take a break, but they feel like they can't because... They're going to get left behind because if they don't show up to the showcase and they might get kicked off the team, like, what would you advise like a parent? Cause I know that happens all the time. Like, what would you advise a parent to do in that situation? Well, I don't know if you've seen, I post this a lot, but there's this like graph of like the up and down of the development of a youth athlete, right? Mm. Um, there's a big picture. So if you're, if you're first off, if your child wants to play in college, right? It has to be their goal. If they don't want to play in college, then what are you doing? Like go on the second team. All of it is just right. crazy, crazy making. If they want to play in college and that's their dream, then you have to ride out those patches. And what I think is sure there's certain times, right? If it's going into your junior year and this right. is when it's really, that's not the best time to take a break, but sometimes sure. they have to, by the way. Mm -hmm. But I do mm -hmm. think that parents need to look at their child, not be worried at all about what everyone else is doing, because here's the bottom line, just like my daughter. If you don't do these things for them, when you see it's really become apparent and, and necessary, they're not gonna make it anyways. They're gonna right. hate it, they're gonna burn out, their bodies are gonna break down, they're not, I, I know so many incredible athletes that stopped and didn't want to play in college, right? We're like, it's like we're, our club teams are putting a bunch of eggs in a bag, throwing them against the wall mm -hmm. and saying, wow, we got two that didn't break. Yay for us. Seriously, so that's good. so true. Yeah. And it should be looking at all of them. And, 
And it look, it, it's hard because not always is the coach or the director or whoever on board with that, right? If you need right. to take time. Ta I, I think if you catch it early enough, you can do small things. Hey, yeah. let's take a break today. Let's go right. get ice cream. Let's go to the movies. <laughs> let's do something just to shake it up. They're on such a, you know, a vicious cycle of training, school, this, that, that. Break it up. Let them know that you see them, that you hear them, that you um, that they're more than just what they're doing out on the field, that they matter. I think so often we get caught up that it's all about, are they bringing home A's, are they in AP's, and are they getting enough playing time? And we lose focus that there's this human inside that is hurting, that is confused that doesn't know and i think we really have to take time and a lot of times you know the last thing they want to do right is go spend time with us but i think we have <laughs> to force that issue and at least give them a break whether it's with us or not and say take the day off take the week off whatever it is and look if if a coach isn't supportive if a club isn't supportive change I mean, you yeah, can't do agreed. much about your high school situation sometimes, but if it's club, change. Because you don't want your kid being influenced by people like that anyways. Wow, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff there. Um, I'm, <laughs> I just finished reading, I don't know if you read the book, um, What Made Maddie Run? Um, I know it well, and I've, read, I've definitely read a lot of it, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I actually just finished that like last night. Um, and from the beginning, it's just like like what you're talking about there's always this pressure to to get the right grades and get the highest test score and it's just like it's like it's like life is is like really we teach our kids from such a young age that it's about performing mm -hmm. right not not living life but performing yes. life right and being this um someone that can uh, easily marketable right? Whether that's in a job or in a team, a college scholarship. And in that quest uh, to be the greatest performer, I think we lose sight of who we are as a human being. 100%. And it completely degrades, you know, it can degrade a person's self-worth, you know, when they retire or when they get injured and they're like, I don't know who I am because I'm not playing my sport anymore. And so I think it's so important, like you said, that if you catch the signs early on, you can do little things. Take a day off here and there. Take a weekend off. It doesn't need to be you're taking a whole month off or a whole tournament off. You know, there's times for that. But I think it's just about, like, planning time to do nothing. Planning time to do things you enjoy because when you don't do those things, burnout's pretty much inevitable at that point. It's inevitable. And, yeah. and look, people, I think part of the problem is – Everyone's going to go through burnout at points. Professional yeah. athletes go, have gone through it. Mm -hmm. Olympic athletes, our youth athletes go through it. When you do something over and over, you get burned out. Mm -hmm. So it, A, doesn't need to be like this crazy, oh my God, that, you know, if you're, if we're, as we're saying, you catch it early, you take, you do these things to help with it. You normalize the feelings around it, you know, mm -hmm. and then like long-term, if they're, I think, I think the problem comes when, we don't want to go on every kid's whim, right? Those of us with teenagers yeah. know that at a certain point, all of a sudden, sports become, le they're less interested in sports, they're less interested in everything. They want to go mm -hmm. to parties, they want to hang. Right. And so it's like, you, you can't just like let them say, oh, I'm done with soccer because like, you know, you're like, ah, like why, you know? <laughs> yeah. There, there is that, so, so I think it's like really listening really seeing if the pattern continues, doing those things to catch it early on. And eventually, like my daughter, it really wasn't for her. Sports weren't mm. her thing, art was yeah. her thing. And it took me too long to figure that out, it took me too long to make changes. I don't think they can even process it a lot either. Like, I, I think they've put a lot of time into it they also have these feelings they're letting people down they don't necessarily come out and say i'm done yeah. but no, you can yeah, see not it all, all mm -hmm. of a sudden they don't really want to go all of a sudden their their play on the field is suffering so you have to be really sensitive and aware and catch those signs so that you can help navigate it and find which path is best for them yeah and i mean you just mentioned a couple of the signs right like they don't want to be there as much maybe their play decreases like what what are some other signs 
uh, the parents should lo look out for, you know, as it relates to burnout? You know, I think they start to make a lot of excuses. Excuses, they, yeah, for sure. Yeah, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I want to try another sport. I, I'm hurt, and you're like, ah, I'm. You know, they're they're maybe not. You know your kid, and you know, like, if they were excited to go to practice every day, and now they're not. And and look, teenagers, especially have hormones coming and all these things there's a lot of changes and so you want to be careful like that it's it's not something more serious than even mm -hmm. burnout you know or whatever yeah, but right. it's it's just any sort of change that you know i think sometimes you can see it on the field even there you you just watch them and you're like they just don't seem to have that energy around it they don't seem to have the joy around it anymore um yeah you know, and sometimes it's, it doesn't even mean that, look, how many of us put our kids in soccer because that's the first thing they can do and they <laughs> right. keep them in soccer. It doesn't have to be this horrible thing. Oh my God, they let them try other sports. I know so many other kids, so many kids who have stopped, completely stopped all sports, changed sports and come back and been amazing mm -hmm. and gone on and played in college. Like. I think we have to see that big picture and make a change for them and see where it goes. And, and it could be art like my daughter, or theater or, you know, or debate or whatever it is. Like, we just have to sort yeah. of let them guide that process. Yeah, and I think it's like, when, you know, we're talking about being really so aware of like, you know, those little changes. And I think when they do express, hey, uh, you know, that, oh, I've heard or like, oh, I don't want to go to practice today. I think instead of just being like, no, you're going to practice. It's like, mm -hmm. it, it's really, like really being curious and exploring yes. like the deeper, you know, cause of this, like, okay, tell me like why you don't want to go to, and like mm -hmm. really opening up that door for communication so that they feel like they can be safe expressing. Because when I was a kid, I, there was no way I would have been straight out. Like I want to quit. It was just, yeah. I expressed it in other ways, but it wasn't ever explored. Um, and I know my parents were doing the best that they could, but I think just being really curious and, and asking those questions from that perspective is going to get you the answer more likely than just continuing to push and push. A hundred percent. And I, and I don't know how much of your audience is younger, but the earlier you can start that curiosity, the questioning, the allowing the space for them mm. to have feelings around all this stuff. Because once you get into a pattern where, and I did this for sure with my older daughter, where you don't allow that space and they stop yeah. trusting that they can actually share that information because one too many times you're like, oh, come on, you're not her. Like, you know, that's not the mm -hmm. way you respond to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think you do that a few times and that's it. Like, I, I don't want to say like you can't get it back and, and that you can't figure it out. But like, if there are people listening that have younger kids, you have to start that early because when they're young, a lot of times it's fun and it's easy and you're not dealing with these problems. But if you practice that sort of line of communication and those, the mm -hmm. open two-way communication, listening to their feelings, respecting their, their feelings, um, I think it will bode a lot better for you when, when it is a little more... Um, difficult and more stakes seem to be on the line later. Yeah. And one thing I was thinking about when you're talking about your, you know, your daughter doing different things, it's like my, my niece is just turned seven and like my sister is doing this really cool thing where she, they're trying out like a new sport every season. So last season it was basketball before it was dance. This upcoming winter is basketball. Um, and so they're just trying like all these different sports and eventually, you know, she, may choose to do one or she may choose to do something completely different. But I think it's really cool to see like, cause so cool. when we were, cause we never did that. And I'm like, that's really cool that you're kind of just trying out and exploring all these things. And there's nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. It's like your kid doesn't need to specialize at 10 years old for oh my heaven's gosh. sakes. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, not only is that good for their, for so many reasons, right? Because the yeah. earlier you specialize, the more problems you're going to have later, there's mm -hmm, like studies sure. done, the, the less you're really attuned or, or found your right sport. But the, the ability to do different sports and move different muscles and work different parts of your body is going to be huge, yeah. not only in the development of their athleticism, 
but in their injury prevention. And, and it doesn't totally. have to even be like trying sports um, in a league. It can just right. be at the park and moving mm-hmm. your body in different ways. And I know they see this a lot in basketball um, and some other sports where they, at a very young age, there's like summer league, everything. everything. I mean, those are almost every sport nowadays, but for some reason, basketball <laughs> is really prevalent. Um, mm. And their bodies are only built to in one way they're building muscles the same muscles they're putting the same stresses on those muscles they're not building the muscles on either side of those muscles and it really ends up i mean i know that i've read some amazing articles about the nba and even college basketball the Uh athletes bodies are just breaking down they're they're not able to withstand all those years of the same movements over and over yeah, I mean, it really is kind of, you know, not to go too deep into the physical stuff because I'm not necessarily an expert there. But, you know, it's like, are we wanting to build our, our kids to be basketball athletes or are we wanting them to be just incredible, well-developed human beings that can move well in life? You know what I mean? Because right. if you yep. specialize in one thing, it's like you're going to have injuries probably for the rest of your life. Um, but if you can kind of explore and dabble and not just with sports, but you know, running around in the woods and like, you know, just doing all that kind of stuff, hiking and and biking and like all that kind of stuff. It's like, they're going to be such a better athlete and love the thing so much more than if they're just solely focused on that one thing, you know, when they're 10, 11, 12 years old. Completely. And and finding things your family can do together. Mm -hmm. I have this one family that I've worked with and they have um, kids that play water polo. But the whole family is super beach centered. So they they ski. I mean, they surf together. They do all the swim. They do all these beach activities. Like it's just this lifestyle. It becomes an active lifestyle instead yes. of just like you go and watch your child play sport and then they play it again <laughs> yeah. and again and again. And it's just such a, a healthier way. I mean, I do like to add when we're talking about things like this because the realistic like there there's the pollyanna yeah it would be so great you just play and dabble if your kid is motivated and wants to play after high school right probably by age 13 ish mm-hmm. yep. they probably should start doing something a lot more i just like to say sure. that because i think sure. when you have those kids and you listen to this and you feel like oh well my kid only wants to play this because they're so motivated that's fine. And like after 13, 14, yeah. you know, if they want to do that, but early on is what Shay and yep. I are talking about now. Absolutely. Everything, have them do everything under the sun and then yep. later start that focused work. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Cause yeah, age 13, 14, if they're wanting and if they love that one sport, like let them specialize, let them like go work really hard in that one yeah. sport. But yeah, before that, it's like just do as much things Everything. as you can. So I'm, I'm glad that you clarified that because, yeah, I think a lot of parents can maybe it's feel a little bit guilty and like, oh, no, my kid yeah. wants to just do this. It's or like, you're That's like, fine there's too. no way they're going to make that team if we let them play everything. The other thing on right. that note is I hate this talk when people use professional athletes and <laughs> say, oh, they played three and four sports, so you should play three and four sports. Okay, a professional athlete, a linebacker who's humongous, can run the the sprints and the 50-yard dash faster than almost any human. Those are right. super freak humans. And right. so to use that as like the guidepost for all of That's that true. also frustrates me. They can play three sports because they're incredible and any coach would have taken them on any team any no matter if they missed <laughs> half the season. And so right. that's not fair when you compare it to your average kid that, you know, oh, well, you should play three sports, but then like, okay, that doesn't even make sense for some people. And so I just, right. I also don't love that conversation because it's so like, come on, like, okay, a yeah. professional athlete played three sports. Wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. You can't really, you can't really compare those things. No. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad I didn't bring the professional athlete thing up then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, uh. I, you know what what you know there's some benefit to it obviously and you know you can see that they are well-rounded but i think for the average yeah. kid it doesn't really play make you know, agree. play into there <laughs> yeah no i agree i agree uh, i love that um so i i wanted to i mean we've this whole conversation has 
been amazing. And we've already kind of talked about parental pressure in a way, but I think there's such a delicate balance. And, and I, I know it's probably something that parents struggle with. Like, how do I support my kid in a way without putting like this pressure on them that feels like it's too much? Like, how is there a, a, a line that like, talk, talk a little bit about support versus pressure? Yeah, that's a biggie. And I struggle with this with my youngest still, right? Yeah. Because she, and I think there's a saying that, look, if your goals don't match your actions, one of them has to change. And I literally sure. just said that to her the other day. I was like, yeah. I don't want to be the one that is like, um, you should do this. You haven't done this. You, you should go, you should set up a training for yourself, whatever. She has big, big dreams and goals. And I run into this all the time. And the way I handle it, that's a lot different than before, right? Is the conversations. It's exactly yeah. what you said. Where are you at? Where's your head at? What are you aligned with? I'll get behind it. You need time. Like we have now um, that ability to communicate that I didn't have before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, that being said, I think it's letting the kid guide it keeping them on path. You know, I do think there is this thing with the cell phones Oof. and you know, yeah. if you're there, they're, they're like human beings. It's almost impossible to put that down and make a choice to go for a run. You know what yeah. I mean? Or yeah, to go do an extra little shooting in the backyard. And I do think like taking the phone out of the equation sometimes can be a big motivator for them to, without you pressuring them to do something, but okay, you're gonna, uh, the phone is going away for two hours. You can do homework and go shoot baskets. I mean, these are just like practical tips, yeah, but um, I, love that. I, sp I spend a lot of the time on the website talking about this and, and support is a smiling face in the crowd. It's not, it's not the, oh, oh, <laughs> right. watching, you know, it's being there that life is hard for these kids. Sports are hard for these kids. The coach can handle all that stuff. You are there to support, to catch them when they fall, to be a smiling face, to not bring up, you know, once they've walked off that field, they've talked about the loss with their teammates, their yeah. coach, their other friend as they walk to the car, then you have to talk about it. Let them guide that. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's the fine line between support and pressure. You have to be there to um, talk to them, to be there for them, but it's guided by their mm -hmm. desires, what they want to do. And you also, I think parents can use like, here's, here's how I explain it, like subtle pressure too. Like, oh, yeah. you know, you, you got to eat this. You got to go to bed. You got like, it, it's, it's this feeling that sports matter more than anything. And, and it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't have to be directly like, I don't think with Piper, I was ever like, um, you know, no water polo, this, this, or whatever. But it's that, that pressure is all around everything they're doing. So it's right. like, no, you really shouldn't go do that party. You do have a game tomorrow. You might be mm -hmm. late. You might be tired. You know, did That's you true. eat this? Did you eat? It's like, it's basically just making sports the center yeah. of everything. And it's hard. It's hard when like, you know, you know what would be best to get a result, but I think you have to step back and, yeah. and see them as a whole person and this human that has their own, they don't care maybe as much about the game, about the, they might want to go to that party. And like, you just have mm -hmm. to be flexible and willing to work with them and what they want to do. I love that. I mean, like, what are your thoughts? I'm just thinking of like, you know, let's say that your kid wants to go to a party um and they have like an early game what about a question where a parent could be like hey okay you have a game in the morning um like you have a choice to go to the party but what do you think would be the best decision for you to play your best like i don't know if that's still like a little bit too much pressure and like like kind of letting them make the choice right. but also letting them be aware of the consequences of that choice like i know that may still be putting the sport first? Like, what are your thoughts on like no, that kind of question? No, I think that's really smart. I love that. And, and also, 
if you do that within guidelines, right, with guardrails, right. like, I mean, I assume people have curfews in this anyways, um, right. you know, or, or maybe if it's a game night, you want to be, make sure you're home by X time or whatever. But I think what you said has so much value because they're really never going to learn any of these lessons unless they yeah. fail, unless right. they feel tired, unless they didn't for play sure. that good. And so I think it's hard as parents, it was hard for me to step back and allow that failure, <laughs> but it's so important because yeah. then they actually get it. They actually lived it, feel it, breathe it, and know it. Whereas we can you know, talk till we're blue in the face about what they should do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a parent reach out to me on Instagram a couple of weeks ago and you know, she's talking about how her, her daughter isn't practicing on her own, doesn't want to practice on her own, and mom's worried that she's not going to make the team. And she was young, like she was like, I think 11. And my kind of major piece of advice was like, if she doesn't want to practice and, you know, she knows the consequences of not practicing on her own, like maybe she, you just let her not practice if she doesn't want to. And if she doesn't make the team, she's going to learn that consequence on her own. And I know that is probably a lot harder said than done, but I think it's so important to like, let them make their own decisions in a way, like obviously there's times where you gotta put your foot down, right? But let them make some decisions and have a little bit more autonomy so that they can see like, oh, when I do X, you know, Y happens and this isn't the, the, the consequence that I want. So next time, maybe I'll make a different decision. 100%, I agree with that. And you know, I, I'll use an example of, um... So when I was kind of learning these lessons from Piper, and then I have a middle daughter who plays soccer, um, and I was, you know, it was like evolving day to day. I was kind of like, wow. And, and I, I like had seen a TikTok by this guy I talk a lot about where he, he made some funny TikTok about like his dad in the yelling at him in the backseat or in being mm. in the back of his car and getting yelled at. But there were... Like, I think it's probably up to 20,000 comments now, Shay, wow. from kids who, I mean, it was the most heartbreaking thing I've ever read, all pouring wow. their heart out about their parents and the pressure and they won't let them quit. And they think that, and I was like, wow. And I, I mean, I was just like, I think I'm doing mm. that. And so as I was sort of transitioning through this, my middle daughter was probably a sophomore in high school, maybe. I started pulling back from that pressuring, from being really like overly involved in her decision making because she was coming up on the college time. Um, and the most miraculous thing happens when you do that. When all of a sudden it's not your dreams, your goals, your pushing. Wow, all of a sudden they're owning it. All of a sudden without my pressure, she's wanting to do more. She, it's now her journey, it's yeah. her um, everything. And guess what, when you own something, you have a lot more um, energy around doing yeah. things and doing it the right way. And yeah. I would think that would even be maybe more subtle, but also apparent for younger kids too. But when I was, it was like literally I pulled back, she came forward. And yeah. it's been like her own thing now for years. But like I had to, I saw that in action. It was breathtaking. There you go. So it's not just us talking about it, but parents that are listening, you know, I, I don't have the experience. Asia does. And like just that, that, that personal experience of you seeing that happen right in front of your eyes was probably like so, uh, just so amazing for both you and your daughter to kind of go through that. Um, and I know it was probably wasn't easy to do. I'm sure there was some resistance. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I guess one of the last things, um, I want to talk about, and you, you brought up the phone thing. So I, I, I love talking about technology and how it affects, you know, everyone, but especially, you know, teenagers. So I'd love to talk about, I guess, ways that you have worked with technology uh, with whether it be clients or your own kids to help them and I know you mentioned which I love like okay two hours no phone go do what you want to do like I think that's so cool because now it's like oh no I don't have my phone what do I do and so I, I love that is there any other like um, tactical tools or even just perspective shifts that you can share to help 
parents better, I guess, help their kids to have a better relationship with their devices. Yeah, well, I think I hear so many of even my friends say like, um, well, they're on the phone all the time. Or they yeah. Hear, and I'm like, well, do you ever <laughs> take it away? Like, I don't know where where it became this thing that we can't take yeah. a kid's phone away and we can't yeah. um, have some rules around that or some space. Um, I, I do know that yeah. it can, what can be tricky is that their homework is on it. They're right. They're apt to study there. And this, I get this a lot from my daughter. I'm like, okay, your phone's <laughs> gone for two hours, do something or do your homework or whatever. Well, I was doing my math cue cards on the math app on the phone. You know, <laughs> Right. And you're always, or my friend was te- texting me the blah, 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 that I needed for the da da da, and so you gotta get like. But I think when you just actually take some time, um, put it, ask them to put it away. Um, I know I have a friend who told me they have a bunch of kids, and they would put the charging station in this like center spot in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and so the phones had to be there from like five to nine when they yeah. so they'd have dinner, they'd do. Um, their homework or whatever and they could come and like check it or whatever but the fact that they were all plugged in there charging um but they no one's gonna sit there forever on the phone and so it just (laughs) gave like a little break you know I think every family has to kind of figure their way around it um for sure I've gone in a lot of different directions I was very strict when they were younger and then I went through a point I think during COVID where I shared like a photo on my personal Instagram it was like all three of them were just I was like (laughs) I don't know what's happened I'm just I've just given up you know I have I've come in and out of it but you know it's a necessary evil it's there's a lot of helpful Mm -hmm. things on the phone nowadays right um even to like training apps and you know mm-hmm. workouts that they're doing on the phone and different things so it's hard to figure it out but it's all it's it, it's like everything yeah. else it's all about balance yeah and, and just like setting boundaries mm-hmm. right like i i think just the literal like okay from four to six or whatever the hours are like we we don't use our phones you can do your homework you can go run around you can go you know draw like whatever but you're just not going to be with your phone i think creating boundaries is something simple, maybe not easy, but simple. Um, and then also, uh, looking at the parents, like how much are you on your phone? True. You know, like for me, like when I grew up, we didn't have, we didn't have cell phones, not until I was in middle school, but now it's so funny. I was just with my family for the week and, um, I don't know if my dad will listen to this, but like <laughs> he's on his phone, actually not my dad, but like, <laughs> Like, like grandparents and parents, like of my parents and my grandparents, I think yeah. are on their phone way more than my generation <laughs> is. And so it's, it was just like a funny realization that I'm like, man, like, like, uh, you know, my stepmom can't even be at dinner, like without checking oh her phone gosh. constantly or, you know what I mean? So I think it's, it's, first of all, take a look, how much are you using your phone? Cause your kid's going to watch you. Um, and then just setting boundaries, um, I think is really valuable, um, and I think your kid will find a lot of more fun, enriching activities to do when they they don't have the thing right in front of them. And, you know, I just want to add one thing to that, Shay. Every time I've taken it away for long extended periods, like if one of my kids was in yeah. trouble, they typically like it. I know. And that's the crazy thing. they say that. And, and yeah. I, think, I think our kids actually want those boundaries and they yep. want that and if we're not absolutely imposing that on them they're not going to do it mm-hmm. on their own um yep. and so i like, agree it, it's something that i mean hands down every single one of my kids when i've done that they have really really loved that time it's like a relief yeah. for them it's like i think oh. yeah i think that that kids right now are really aware of how it's affecting them and they they know that it's not good for them in a lot of ways. So I think that's really cool that they're so aware of it. Whereas the older generations, I don't think maybe they're quite as aware of it maybe. Mm. And I could be generalizing, but um, just from what I've seen, because a lot of the girls I work with, they do talk about, I don't want to be on my phone as much. Like I yeah, want to have time aware. without it. And so, right. yeah, they're aware. And so I think it's what you said is like, they're probably not going to set those boundaries on their own. So can you set them as a family? Um, and just like, I, like you said, your kids enjoy it when they don't have it. And, and I've experienced that too. I mean, look, they have the brightest minds in science, 
creating these apps, creating these things that are meant to be addictive. Yes. There, our kids can't face that foe on their own. Yeah, they, neither can we. <laughs> neither can we. And so, you know, it's sort of like you have to take those steps for them sometimes and do yeah. that. Yep, I love that. Well, yeah, I, I could... I feel like we could probably have a three-hour conversation about everything that we've talked about. Um, this was such an amazing convo, and you have so many great resources on your website. So I'd love for you to just share where people can find you know, your blog, other, other resources that you have so that they can kind of continue to dive into your stuff. Yeah, thanks again, Shay. I've really enjoyed our conversation too. Um, you know, the website is I love to watch you play.com, all written out. Um, Facebook is pretty, I have a pretty good group on there that's pretty engaged and that's I love to watch you play as well. Um, the Instagram is at the I love to watch you play because someone had oh someone has, took it I, it's person it's like you know if someone has it on private I keep <laughs> trying to be friends with her she has like eight <laughs> followers I'm like come, come on, on. Let me have it back. Um, and then I'm on Twitter I'm on you know every pretty much everything so if you're if well let's have all the listeners go to at I love to watch you play on Instagram. Send her a message and then we'll tell her to get rid of her name <laughs> yeah, so that you can take exactly. it. Exactly. We'll just bombard to, her. She has to be friends with you to even accept a message. Like, oh, I, I'm like, so, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> I also did just start up because I have three girls. I, I love what's happening in women's sports right now. And oh, I yeah. love talking about women's sports. And I feel like I'm more of an expert on girls. So I did just start. I love to watch her play on Instagram oh, awesome. as well, where I'm going to be creating a lot of content. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I love, there's so many cool things happening in women's sports, soccer, bass, especially love right it. by me in the Bay Area. So yeah, I'm excited for it too. Um, well, Asia, thank you so much for coming on. I absolutely love this convo and I know that parents listening are going to get so much out of it. So thanks again for your time and uh, hopefully we can have you on again in the future. I would love that. Thank you so much, Shay.